0: Hello and welcome, welcome one and all, to the rebrand and the launch. Used to be rinky-dinking, now known as the Podman Rush. Huh? It was good work. Hold it, Mike, I haven't introduced you yet. Uh, The Podman Rush was concocted by one Tom Holy and yours truly, the Razor Boy. Uh, Some of the rejected new names You curious? I'm sure you are out there. We had Razor Pinion, Pucktheria, Cluster Puck, the Black Hole with Razor 5 Hole, Hard Rims, Soft Dumps, and Hot Takes. I I thought that was going to pass muster. Uh, We had the second assist, Stars Mediocracy, Synonymous Sources, The Pod Formation, I could go on, but I won't, because I want to introduce today's pod guests. We brought him back to say aloha, because aloha also means goodbye. He is the great Mike Heike, senior writer for DallasStars.com. It is so nice to see you, Mike. And welcome once again to whatever this is.
1: It's good to be back, Daryl. It's fun. It Hockey is. is it, fun. What
0: is it also, though? Interesting. It is interesting. It is. (laughs) And uh, this year, we're going to have multiple individuals on the podcast, and we're going to have kind of a a media circus, if you will, Uh, and uh, spitball and chew up some of the topics of the week. So on the first Podman Rush, we have Emmy Award-winning Bearded Pundit from Stars Live, on Bally, the one and only Brian Ray.
2: Thanks, Razor. Checks in the mail for that one.
0: That was nice. It's a strong intro, wasn't it?
2: <laughs> Hello, Hikes. Uh,
0: hey, Brian. The beard looks good. Did you trim it or something? I did, yes. Your, your LinkedIn states that you are a TV host broadcaster. Yes. Are you not adding something else to that?
2: I, th- I might have updated the profile within the last 48 hours to put analyst. Mmm. It's exciting. are moving into the analyst and, world. And I'm, but I'm here now to analyze.
0: Yes. Oh. And the, so we have the criticizer in Mike Ica and now the analyzer <laughs> in Brian Ray. All the rays are in the analysis uh, department. You know that, Mike? Uh, Selena. <laughs> and entertainment. And uh, vocal cords from the gods. So let's start with this. Camp has broken. Uh, The stove and the tent pegs have been tossed in the chuck wagon, so to speak. Dogs have been loaded. Fire's been peed upon. We're ready to go. So your impression of what went on and where we are at, and Brian, you go first. Just give us a general synopsis of what you saw in training camp.
2: I think with uh, the contracts and everything that was done over the summer at Camp appears to go the way I think we all thought it would win. Jacob Peterson seems to be an interesting surprise, the way Rick Bonus has talked about him. But for the most part, you know, the the players we expected to end up in the AHL look like they're heading that direction. And the players that we expected to be on the opening night lineup, it appears that way right now. So it, it kind of seems status quo, I think, for the way things looked uh, after the summer shakeup. That's just
0: up. the modern training camp, is it? Pretty not? much,
1: yeah. Yeah, I agree. You know what's interesting about what they've done? What it is interesting? What it is interesting? <laughs> Uh, that I think they actually got a lot accomplished, answered a lot of questions, and they still don't know what exactly they're going to do. <laughs> because we walk out to practice today, and there's Ben sagan Rangelov, And is that the line we're going to see on opening night? Or are we going to see Jamie on the third line? And I think what this is saying is we really need to be ready for they're going to make changes. You know, they're going to juggle their goalies. They're going to juggle their lines. Hock and Pa might be in. Or it might be Harley. You just don't know. And so they're prepared to make a lot of changes. And so that's kind of what they learned in training camp. They didn't have significant injuries. They have options. And I think they're going to use their options. Don't you think they just welcome challenges
0: now av- yeah. after what they've gone through for two years where it's just like they get their guard up and they're like, whatever, throw something at us. Yeah. We can have well-
2: Yeah. I don't know if I, I would have used the word welcome, but I do think whenever, <laughs> Maybe whenever not.
0: some type of adversity comes, you're like, all right, we've done this. Here we go. But no real shocks in training camp no. for the most part, no. right? No. You knew that it was going to be an unfolding uh, and still unfolding of what they have in goal and what's going to go on at that position. They love their depth for good reason. I, the thing I love about having a regular training camp again is you get a chance to see these kids who were just names. Some of them didn't play really at all last year. And then you see them in an NHL training camp and, and competing. And you understand, look, it's it's not now for you, but it's going to be probably soon. And I, I enjoy watching that part of, of every training camp. you know, you got guys who are near the end, and then you get these newbies that come in and show what they can uh, provide or what they're going to provide down the road. The other thing that just continues to blow me away with players, the modern player, is, I bet you this, if you grabbed someone just off the street outside here in in Frisco, and you brought them into the first day of training camp, first couple days of training camp, and you said, okay, watch for a little while, and then you, you tell me who the best player is out there, and you tell me who the worst player is out there, and they would never be able to do it. Because every single one of these guys can fly. Everybody yeah. skates the same. Everybody has a similar skill set. Now, once you get into games, you know, it's, it starts to separate a little bit as far as the cognition is concerned at the NHL level. But, man, I remember training camps when I went uh, to them. There were certain guys where you were wondering, how did, how did you get invited to this thing? You know, they, they couldn't get up and down the ice. And now you watch these guys, and every single one of them looks like they could play today. And uh, that's what must make it somewhat exhausting for executives in that to figure out, okay, is he ready yet? Is he not ready yet? Where does he fit? When does he fit? Fascinating.
1: Yeah. And I think you look at examples like Jason Robertson where his skating is not quote-unquote great, but he has that X factor, that compete factor. So like you said, you look at all these guys and say, well, which one's going to be the one that's really going to help us? And it's hard; it really is hard to differentiate. I think they go from here up, from the neck up, and figure that out.
2: Yeah, I like the comment that Bonus made. It was a couple of days ago. He was asked about Peterson, and he said he knew nothing about him. There was no precursor. There was no reputation. He knew nothing about him. And then when he got on the ice, he's like, wow, this guy can play. Let me put him in a game. And what was Sagan Rajilov, I think he played with first, and he actually looked okay. It's got to be nice for a player like him coming over from Europe, where you're playing on a bigger rink, but the head coach knows nothing about you. You actually have a true, clean slate in your first camp, and he's done something with
0: it. Which is the benefit that a lot of Europeans have had through the years. And there's been many... I'm I'm hoping this kid's not that. He's not really a kid. He's you know, he's a couple of years into his 20s and he's played pro hockey in in Sweden. But uh, you know, you, you start very quickly people start to see only the warts on a player and you know, it's like, yeah, well he's a little stronger, he's put on a few pounds, but he can't play defense or he can't do this or he can't do that. And we've seen him not be able to do that. And when you have an individual like Jacob Peterson come over here and it's just like, "Hmm, he can do that. He can do that. And he can do that. We've talked about this before. Some of the dangers of covering a team. And I would think up in the offices upstairs as well uh, is that when you watch somebody or, Something over and over and over and over, you get nitpicky. And that's why sometimes it's refreshing. We haven't had this for a few years where other people's eyes come in from other organizations and all they really see is, hmm, that's yummy. And that's why you see some guys plucked from one organization, go to another one. And because all they see are, well, that fits with us. We'll take that. You talk about what he can't do. We can
1: see what he can do. And we love it. Yeah, Les Jackson always talked about that. He said that the that was a problem with scouts a lot of times that they would come in and say, "Well, I can't do this." And, he could, and Les would go, "Well, tell me what he can do." And he said it really did. Like they would sit there and go, "Oh, well, maybe I should think of this a different way." And and I think it did help them a lot. And you know, speaking of scouts, I think this organization's done a pretty good job of loading up with some skills. Oh my
0: God! When you look at like, can you imagine like if if Peterson can play right away? What does that 2017 draft class yeah. look like? Yeah. Like the greatest, maybe the greatest ever.
1: Yeah. You're, you're lucky to get one usually. Now they're looking four or five.
0: Yes. And not just, well, they can play in the league, but they can play in the league. Yeah. Fascinating. And then you
1: look, the fans, I think, are, always want to go with the kids. I shouldn't say the vocal, there are a circle, certain vocal group of fans, uh, and they're there. I think the Wyatt Johnstons and the Maverick Borks, and they're going to be here soon. And this is going to be, you know, I think you got to deal with this year first. Uh, Yes, you do, Mike. That's how it unfolds. That's that's how it works. So, like, because you've got some kind of a time capsule is like they're focused on game one, is what you're telling me. Yes, opener. But if that doesn't work out, or even if it does,
0: (laughs) move forward. They've got next season. Oh yeah, you brought. I'll give you guys one more shot at just a name from camp that stuck out to you, and maybe it's somebody that you just mentioned, which it is for me. Uh, I couldn't take my eyes off Maverick Bork. I just kept watching him, watching him. I'm like, "That's Seggy Light. He's Sagan Light to me. Right-handed shot, very clever skates. seemed to have a uh, little bit of chestiness to him too. I, I loved him. You?
1: White Johnston. Same thing. I mean, this is a kid. We he didn't play last year. I know. And he comes in here. Oh, well, pl- he played here. He played here, <laughs> <yeah>. he played, <laughs> played internationally in yeah. Texas. <laughs> Yeah, uh, but played again, for Canada in Texas during
0: a <laughs> uh, pandemic. Yeah, very 2020-21. But this is
1: a guy who, I'm, you know, is he a 100-point-and-60-game guy? I mean, yeah. that's what you get in junior hockey, and I'm, I'm kind of thinking he might be. B-Ray, you mentioned Peterson. Uh, I mentioned
2: else? Peterson. You mentioned Bork. You mentioned Johnston. But for me, you know, you talk about watching kids come in to compete because I spent time with the American League Club. I like watching the kids that could end up – with the American League club as well because of just what it can do to set things up for the organization next year two, three, four years down the line and a player like Bork a player like Peterson if he's down there Johnston as well like those could be some really good American League players for a year or two years if they need it which is awesome for the people down there as well or jump right into the NHL or jump right in.
0: young players are cheap players old players are expensive players it's always been that way Mike you're looking at me like I'm nuts. Okay, crystal ball time. Uh, the challenge, the reason for optimism, the prediction for 2021-22. Got to get that straight, straight in my head, <laughs> trying to remember how this thing is supposed to be stated. Uh, so the, the stars and the challenge this season will be what? Make the playoffs.
2: I think, can you keep, arguably the oldest roster in the league, healthy for 82 games. That's where
0: I'm going too. Like they have six players that are 35 or older. And I think 10 that are over 32 or 32 and above. Personally, I value experience because I'm experienced. I like a few lines under the eyes, right? Like we're all excited. Look at us talking about training camp. All we talked about were the young guys, the freshies, but when you get into the thick of competition in that, man, I, I want to have some guys that, that have been there. I'll take the whiskey drinkers over the milk drinkers. Bam. And they have to hold it together though, because the problem with a lot of experienced players is experienced players tend to get dinged up a little bit, which was their issue a year ago. Um, but I, a lot of outside people are going to look at this team and say, well, they're too old and it's not going to work because of their age. I look at it differently. I I think they're, I think they're one of those teams that's in a unique position where their old guys aren't moldy and their young guys aren't yeasty. Now there's, there's virtually nothing in the middle. It's either young players or old players around here. Um, but you, you can get on some teams where the young guys aren't quite ready for prime time or the old guys are done and they're just hanging on. And I don't see that on
1: both ends of this stars team. What about you? Uh, dynamics wise. I think the, what they've been through in the past two years, getting to Stanley cup final, missing the playoffs. I think that affects a lot of this and then bringing in people, Ryan Souter who I think has a chip on his shoulder to show Minnesota. So now you've got Tyler Sagan's coming back fresh. Alexander Radulov's coming back fresh. Ryan Suter's got a chip on his shoulder. You know, I just think there's a lot that has happened in the past two years that are putting him in a really good place. And so that's why I say, when I say make the playoffs, um, those guys upstairs, I think they built this roster to be a better team in the playoffs than in the regular season. But you got to get through the regular season. You got to get to, you got to get your goalies. You are
0: a time traveler well, this Well, I'm just
1: saying, I'm, I'm jumping too far ahead. Yes, you're all over the map. But I do think that if they get to the playoffs, I think they're, they have the potential to be a really good playoff team just because of your experience and because, you know, they're hungry. I, I, there's a bunch of guys on there. I mean, this is it, right?
0: Yeah, the, the hunger part of it is – these will be Hunger Games this year then.
1: <laughs> Squid Games? Hunger Games?
0: What are you – you, Brian? Well,
2: no, in terms of what you were saying about Suter, it, it's almost like they brought in the right old guys, you know, at, at the right point of their career. You know, Suter's a – he's not dinged up. He's not moldy like you, the word you used. And you mentioned the chip on the shoulder, but even like – I love the Glenn Denning move. You know, I don't know if I'd classify him as one of the major older guys, but I I love having – that type of face off guy on the bottom six, because I think for a team that has not been dynamic offensively, extra possessions, things like that might give them chances, and then also the depth that Jim nil brought in, you know they're not going to have to ask everything out of the older players to try and keep the train moving as best as they can. they you know they can talk about managing minutes and giving guys whatever breaks they may need to break as opposed to last year where. Whoever could put skates on or whatever had to go play every other day, you know, and and take that ability. So hopefully that helps them keep an older roster healthy to manage the regular season and get into the playoffs. Cause I do agree with you, Mike. I think if they're in, they're a really dangerous team, regardless of where they're seated or who they're playing. And I think they're at least a second round playoff team if they're healthy oh, and they God, get You in. guys
0: get ahead of yourselves. This is wonderful.
2: <laughs> I'm going third round, Brian. Come on.
0: Uh so the, just to be ju-
2: just to be contrarian hikes. Okay, it is interesting.
0: So the the prediction on the season though, it, this is a playoff team. I think so. Yes.
2: I've got them third in the division, second round of the playoffs if they're healthy. <laughs> wow, what a caveat. Uh I I see
0: them if they stay healthy. I'll throw mine in there. <laughs> if they stay healthy, this is going to be the best balance between Scoring goals and preventing goals that we've seen around here in a long time. I, I, I truly believe that. Like, even when they won the, the division in 2016, I mean, they wanted on their ability to just go nuts offensively and get it enough saves, enough nights to survive their defensive shortcomings. Th- this feels more like they should be a top 10 offense and a top 10 defense. Yeah if it all you know, glues together the way I foresee it. And if it doesn't, I'll be mad at everyone and everything. Normal day for you. you know, it won't be my fault. All right, <laughs> switching gears. COVID. We're going to have to get tested. They're going to have to get test, tested. I can't imagine what the budget for nose swabs has been around the National Hockey League the last couple of years. But i got two questions for you boys. Just on a personal note, we'll step away from the actual Dallas Stars. COVID has made your job worse in what way? And it has made your job better or easier in what way?
2: B-Ray, you go first. I think the, the worst factor is you just kind of need to be on par or on point with where are you? Who are you with? What are your surroundings? You know, it, it like at games, Sevy and I, we'd finish an intermission or whatever. There might be some people standing around that want to say hi. Well, either we wouldn't go do that or would have to be from a distance or I had to make sure, all right, hold on a second. Let me go back into my bag and put on my mask because I simply don't know you, even though you're a fan we've seen at every other game for the last two and a half years, whatever it's been. Just... That little, oh, wait, hold on, I need to quickly adjust how I'm doing things to put on a mask or or because, you know, I might be... So
0: what you're saying it. is you missed the crowd control that you had before. Of where, course. Where you had a hired staff to keep people away from you, well, you yeah, and now you had
2: to... No, it's tough not having the security anymore yeah. uh, for Sevi You know, I think he he has to deal with that. But I understand that. I uh-huh. understand that
0: because it's like... You'd like to go do that, but there's plexiglass between me and you. Yeah. And I have to put a mask on and we can't shake hands. Yeah. We can take a picture, but I'm going to be back here yeah. and you're going to be there. Or or, or
2: or do, and even now it's like, all right, you know, you know, I, have got my vaccine. Can I have my mask off if I'm going to do a quick picture with you or do I need to put it on? Oh gosh. If you post it on social media, is some random person going to say, Hey, Brian wasn't wearing his mask. Like it's, you just need to be cognizant of, of what's going on in your surroundings still. We all do. Mike, you wouldn't understand any of what Brian and I
0: are <laughs> honestly, talking about. But, honestly, uh, don't.
1: So, w- worst part for you? The worst part for me is not having the just Zoom, the, I would no, think. no, the BS with the players. Uh, like we what? Could, we could go in the locker room. You could sit next to John Klingberg and ask him about anything. Ask him about the power play. If you want to talk for ten minutes, he'd do that. If you want to talk about soccer, he'd talk about soccer. We don't do that anymore. Yeah, and that's really it. Doesn't. It hurts my ability to communicate to people who these guys are. So that's been the worst part.
0: Can you imagine how great that is, though, for the actual (laughs) athletes? To
1: not have to sit with me for two (laughs) minutes. The best part comes from Daryl Ray, who told me, you got to ask quick questions. You're the most improved. I think I am. You're the most improved in North America. I think everybody is. You are. Saying... Explain to me, you know, when my question has to be five words or eight words.
0: Well, that's, that's the next step for you. We're going to continue working in workshop. Yes. Uh, Mike is ability to ask a question as a reporter. Correct. Um, so you, I'm not kidding. Like, awesome at it. Thank you. Now, but the next step is not use up like 45 seconds to a minute to lay it out there. Correct. We're going to get it out there a little quicker. Correct. That's our thing. For right. 2021,
1: I think I th- one noticeable and awesome. You out. have a great ear on a hundred different things, and that one I think is really key. And I think we've I told you where it came it from Zoom. for me though.
0: It came from the head of NBC when I was doing games for them, and he he had an edict that everyone was going to have to ask questions in eight to twelve seconds when you were doing a bench interview and all that. And it was it was one of the only things I got from Sam Flood when I was working <laughs> with NBC. But it was it was one of those things that was uh, like an epiphany. Yeah, like it really was. It was just like, why haven't I been doing this all the
1: time? They're here to hear the player talk, not yeah, to hear me not, talk. Yes,
0: <laughs> and there's lots of people in the broadcast business that ramble on and on Economy trying to ask words. a question. Hey, Bob Stern, but you know what I mean? Like yep. if if Big you're not up. if you're not prepared, it's an art. If you're not prepared, you will ramble on and on and sometimes won't even ask a question. Mm -hmm. Talk about, talk about what the hell is that? I want a conversation,
1: Daryl. I don't. I don't know.
0: I'll weigh in very quickly. Uh, Very little worse for me because I am the Razor Boy. So I think you would understand that. Uh, Probably the knowledge of the wider league. You know, like we got so myopic with what we were covering whether it be in the bubble or then last year with what? Seven other teams, and that's it. Over and over again. (laughs) It was Groundhog Day. Uh, And then I agree with you, and I know Brian would agree as well, the usual connection with players, with coaches, with fans, that's why we do this, and you you didn't have it. Uh, You'd get it on social media a little bit we try to do our jobs over Zoom, which yep. just sucks. It sucks both ways yes. for the players, for the coaches, and for us, because uh, a lot gets lost in, in translation with that. It's, it just doesn't work. We did what we had to do, yeah, um, and we're still going to do some mm-hmm. of it going yeah. forward, uh, so it, it, that was tough. The, the good part of it for me was the energy of no, not having to travel and get in at 3 o'clock in the morning and... You know, hustle onto buses and get onto planes and wait in lobbies and then up the next day and do all that stuff. Uh, and the other thing for me was there seemed to be less of a desire to be perfect with everything because there was just too much junk that was being thrown at you all the time that you just kind of roll with the punches a little bit, which I never really did before. So, on a
2: positive, wow. That's, uh, man, I think I think in a lot of ways it does make you better at your job because it's so limited what our interactions were with Bones and with the players. Like, whatever information they get or, or they provide, you have to find a way to use it. If there's something interesting in there, you have to find a way to use it. Whereas, you know, you're traveling, you're with the team. You would get your 10-minute conversation with guys. There may be multiple stories told in there, and a bunch of interesting, nugget, uh, interesting nuggets, but you only m- maybe need one, two, three things to cover whatever you're doing. When when your access is so much limited, you have to make the most out of your information. So, me as a broadcaster, I think it makes you better at your job. You know, you have to use whatever resources you have as efficiently as possible to do whatever well, you can the do. The you
0: would
1: support that, right? That's, well, that was so. seven. I mean, uh, yeah. <laughs> I think my TV time was <laughs>
2: that was big. That was big. <laughs> He, Brian could weigh in on that. <laughs> we had we had a we had a blast. We did. We 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 would we would do our shows, and I know I'm cutting you off here. We'd say, you know what, we need we need a velvet sport coat in tonight's show. Where do we call Heika? He's our velvet sport coat guy. Good luck. Shiny face and a velvet sports coat.
1: <laughs> I got to get
0: some makeup. Uh, best story that you guys think of entering this NHL season would be what, Michael?
1: For the NHL? Yeah, just in general. Um probably the ability of the top end players to be dynamic. Like I mean we're talking about 150 points, 160 points. And there were times when what? They led the league with 80 or 90. Uh so then your Connor McDavid's, your Austin So you, you think it's
0: going to be I do. an explosion of offense. I think I think well, it's going to go up just just because they're going to play 82 games. Well, they're going to play 82 again.
1: games one, but I mean we're going to see numbers that we haven't seen in a while. And really? I really yeah why? i I believe that I just think the game's getting it's ending sucks, well, Is that why? Uh, they're not that no, I'm just kidding. uh I just think the skilled players, as we talked about, these guys, this group of young players, have been training to be good at scoring goals since they were four years old, and I think we're seeing that I think there's. Wave after wave of good, young, dynamic player. Jason Robertson, you know, Rope Hintz. You know, what, what are they going to be able to do this year? Is, is Rope Hintz a 90-point player? We haven't seen 90 points here in 20 years probably, right? See the way he brought
0: it back to the stars. No, of Dallas course. He's
1: such a senior writer but, for
0: DallasStars.com. But
1: you're going to see guys who are going to be competing for levels of scoring that we haven't seen in a long time. And I do, I mean, I'm, as much as I'm an old man, I like that kind of hockey. I call it Edmonton Oilers hockey.
0: No, do you? <laughs> what era? What about you, B Ray? I
1: think uh, the league
2: obviously wants Seattle to do well, and I think a lot of people are interested to see what they'll goes do on. well. See that division out there? It's—I mean—it'll it's, be impossible for them right not to do well it, in that division. It's, but for me, I'm actually really curious to see could the Tampa Bay Lightning threepeat. I've never in my lifetime have people seen people just a, threw up as they're listening. I know, to this absolutely, show. they did. I know, and that's I'm, if if Hikes is going to bring it back to Dallas, I'll just stir the pot. Yes, uh, good. But it, I've never seen a three-peat champion in my lifetime. I think it would be an interesting story angle to go back to what was it, the Islanders in the early '80s that last did three in a row, something like that. You're correct. If they if they have a the shot, Oilers would have won ten in a row. <laughs> if they'd have held it together <laughs> exactly. If 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 they have a shot to do something, and hopefully Dallas breaks that up. But that would be a really interesting story because of how long it's been since somebody has even come close to but pulling that off. Isn't
0: it amazing, though? Like There was a long s- segment of time where nobody could win back-to-back. No. You had to go back to Detroit in the late 90s. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, Pittsburgh did it. Now all of a sudden, Tampa's done it. Yeah. So, yeah, you, you might be right. We get, Is three a dynasty? That's the, the, then the dynasty, that, Is it that, Dynasty or Dynasty, It's Mike? Dynasty. I think it's Dynasty. Dine. Okay, thank yeah. you. Like the TV show? Yes. <laughs> well, you're aging yourself was now. That Joan,
2: was that Joan Collins? Yeah, it was. Nice. She was
0: good. Catfights on that one. <laughs> it was good times. I, I think how absolutely wide open the actual competition for playoff spots and ultimately for a Stanley Cup is. I think it's as wide open as it's been in decades.
2: This division, for sure. Just
0: everybody. Yeah. Like, pick your 16 playoff teams. Impossible. Heading in. Yeah. Yeah. Impossible. You don't know what's going on.
1: Even the Pacific. You look at that and you think – Oh, these, this team isn't good. Well, what if the Oilers are good? Well, what, yeah, what if, what if what Calgary if,
0: is better right. than what? They, what if the Canucks bounce back? I mean, mm-hmm. on that coast. You, then really you go can out talk the other yourself way. into Yeah, all you this go stuff. out the other way and you're like, are the Rangers going to be yeah. better under Gallant? And, yeah. you, you know, like it's it's nuts. It's yeah. everywhere. Is it really Carolina, type, that experiment down there the Florida Panthers, work. are they a real team? Yes. Thing? yes. <laughs>
1: It's fun. It really it, it is.
0: is. It is interesting too. Uh, the other one for me is is Ovechkin. I know he's he's a little bit dinged up. Heading how dinged up? Who knows? Got injured in a preseason game, but he should finish the year third all time in goals. Like he he should jump past Marcel Dion and Holly. Uh, who else? I think he's sixth going in,
1: isn't he? I would have to look at it. But Marcel, Dion. do you think he'll get Gretzky?
2: Razor?
0: Yes. Yep. Yeah. yeah, I do. Because of what Mike said, I think it's trending toward offense and, mm-hmm. and goals. Yager. Uh, Yager's the other one. So he should get past those in a normal Ovechkin type year. Uh, the only thing that w- uh, I see that was going to stop him would be a desire to go back over to the KHL, mm-hmm. but it looks like that's not happening. You know, he'll play for Russia at the Olympics, and, and that'll give him his yayas with the home country. Uh, but he comes in at 7.30, and he has to get to eight, 8.01 for how? And 8.64, is that right? 63 or 64, 63 yeah. to get Gretz. So 100 goals. He'll... He'll be chopping them. He'll be, just stand over on that left-wing face-off circle. Do what he circle. does. Yep. Power play or no power play. He'll just stand there, and somebody will feed him until he gets 870. Yeah.
1: Well, I and think like, just watching Joe Pavelski last year, like, these guys take care of their bodies. And they play at a very high level at mm-hmm. age 36, you know? And then watching Brady doing what he's doing, you know, the – the diet and the exercise and, and whatever others voodoo voodoo stretching Pilates, whatever they do, it's working. And so you can be a really good player at an advanced stage. So yeah, I, I think you take down Gretzky too. Yeah. Uh, it's an Olympic
0: year. I mentioned that very quickly. They go or they don't go
2: uh, for some reason. I'm not going to believe it until I see it.
1: Yeah. I'm with you. I don't want them to go. I don't think it's a good move this time in the future. Maybe but I just don't, one of the games going to be played two and three in the morning. I just, it's, you're it's, a Mike, lo- it's 2021. We watch things when we no, want no, to I watch things. Right. Streaming. I get it. I just, I don't think it's a good decision this time, but I know the players. Want I to don't play. fully agree with it either. I,
0: I think part of it, there's a small selection of NHLPA players who are going to actually compete in it that want to go compete in it. I get that. And, and especially from a European standpoint, uh, they you know they, it caps off their careers for them. It's a big, big deal. But the majority of the association is going to be on a beach somewhere, if they can be, I guess. Uh, and I, I think it's a little bit of a power play pushback from the players against the owners and, and teams because they know the owners don't want to go. And they know the league doesn't really want to go. So it's like, well, yeah, well, well then we're going. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they came up with multiple schedules to try to figure this thing out for everybody. I, the North American ones were awesome, right? right? Uh, I don't know about this one. It's a major, major market over there in China. I think that's the underlying thing with this. You're, you're, you're connecting with... Such a huge population with your sport, but outside of that, the risk of players being injured, and like you said i'm I was being facetious as always <laughs> the uh, time because i mean you got to consume sports in yeah. real time yep. you can 't do it after the fact it 's going to be a little bit tough with that, but i, I think I think they're going i think yeah. I think they're going to go there it's, the experience is going to be brutal for them though yeah. Families can't go. Uh, they can't. Re- the restrictions are going to be absolutely, you know, tie your hands behind your back, your legs. Are we even going to have fans tie. at the
1: games? Is it back I don't, to the bottom? Uh, No, I no. think it's yeah. similar to the summer. So, where I mean, it's just, be, it's empty. It, it, it's, know, again, there's just antiseptic. And, yeah, there's yeah. so many negative things. I mean, uh, uh, Andre Sucker oh, no. w- was talking the other day about, uh, how he enjoyed going to other events, yeah, and that I don't think they can do that. Well, no, that, they can't, right? That's yeah. part of it. That's like living in the village, yeah, yep. meeting the other athletes,
0: and going to some of these other sports, and and sitting down and just going through what their experience is and what they did to get there. And that none of that, they're just going to go back to their room and yeah. and then go play hockey games. Yep. Yeah. it's like. That's why
1: I I, I would prefer they skip this one, but it is what it is. And and they've earned the right to go there. So then I actually do think that's the number one thing for the league. If the league was making a business decision, uh, I don't even think they would think that appealing to that audience is worth it. I think they're doing this just because the players want to do it. That's my opinion. I could be wrong. I disagree. I'll
2: believe it when I see it. Like I said, I, you know, when I physically see them go over there, because we still have a lot of time for, anything to change or go wrong. It's just, or, biz- it's just there's true. a lot of weird things going on still. I'll believe it when I see but
0: it. It's bizarre too. Like they're going to trot out uh, an all-star game prior to the Olympic games. Yeah. And we're going to basically be off, off the radar in North America as a league for the month of February. Yeah. Bizarre. But I, I believe they're going to go. Uh, Speaking of the NHL, I thought this was a pretty good question. I want you guys to toss around. Why doesn't the NHL blank? Now, not blank. (laughs) Why doesn't the NHL fill in the blank? Why doesn't the NHL,
1: Mike? Uh, (laughs) Sell its game better? Oh, you see the critic again. See what I deal with? The negative thing. I think they're trying to. I think the ESPN thing, it was interesting to see uh, Commissioner Gary Bettman on uh, Good Morning America. Uh, And you're just like, whoa, you don't see that too often. Like, this is a big time show. And it's hard now because how we consume everything is changing. And the network angle isn't what it once was. But... Oh, the cross promotion already that's is what, stunning. So I'm saying But I, we knew that was we knew that was gonna come was so coming, you're right. You're and, right. And so why haven't they done that up to this point? But I, I do because say they weren't on ESPN. Man, that's, that's why that's good point. And so they negotiated the right deal and they I think they will be like I don't want to sound jealous, but you watch the NBA stuff. And you're like, oh my, that's just everywhere. Everybody knows the NBA players. Everybody watches the NBA, you know, national uh, big desk show and everything like that. You talk to your friends at a party, and they're like, yeah, I, no, I, I don't watch a lot of hockey. And so, being in Texas, obviously, you need to go to better parties. Then, I guess Mike. I do. Uh, but being in Texas, you know, sell this game, and and I think they're on the right path.
2: Yeah, I agree. I'll give you. Partial extension to that, and I'll th- also throw some kerosene on the streaming fire for diehard fans, but why doesn't the NHL remove the blackout restrictions, especially with the ever-increasing streaming services that are becoming involved here to try and watch your local market game as opposed to an out-of-market game? And I don't know. You know, I'm, I, I don't know if I totally have the answer to that. I don't know if there is a full answer to that, because that they- that whole streaming landscape is still an evolving area that... I don't think a lot of people have an answer to, but removing that blackout restriction. The they great negotiated thing about, the
1: contract in 2014 or whatever. When yeah. They, yeah. This wasn't really an issue back then, I don't think.
0: No. The the great thing though, about streaming on a global scene, like like we could have games on Fox Sports Southwest, let's say, and somebody could pirate them here, there, wherever. But for the most part, you are what you are, which is a regional sports network. When, there was no streaming i mean they couldn't get it in italy or in japan or wherever on the globe right but now if you have wi-fi and you have streaming you have the ability to spread that wherever you want yeah which is i i think is the most important next step for consuming our sport because we are a global game yep uh, we're not like the nfl's the NFL, but they're not truly a global game. I don't think they care in the United Arab Emirates. They might not care about hockey either, but they don't care that much about football. But we have so many areas in Eastern Europe, in Scandinavia, and now moving into Asia a little bit, Mexico will be another one where streaming is going to be enormous. Just figuring out how to do streaming right. Is probably the next step. That's a heck of a journey
2: for a lot of people to (laughs) figure out, but yeah.
0: You know what I – if I'm answering the question, why doesn't the NHL blank, it would be why doesn't the NHL employ a female ref at this point Mm. or female refs or officials? NFL has female officials. The NBA has female officials. Major League Baseball, I'm not sure. Do they?
2: I don't know if there's a I'm female like umpire there. in Major League Baseball. I no. wasn't sure
0: about that yet.
2: That's a great question.
0: But it, it seems like a, a logical next step for all these terrific national team members, all, all these women of the U.S. team, the Canadian team, even the uh, you know, Sweden's had a decent program, Finland's had a decent women's program. I would hope that Stephen Wacom in the NHL has this in the pipeline, yeah. and I'm sure they have. I'm sure they've had discussions. There was a, a woman that uh, I think she was a linesman in an OHL game, which was a bit of a barrier breaker. But you need that. I don't know about, about lineswomen with the Breaking physical nature yep, of having to break our sport. Up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I know it's drifted a little bit, but you still have to get in there and separate people. Um, but, hey, there are women cops. There's women in the military. So I'm probably getting slapped across the face as I say this on the podcast. They could, uh, and they, they go in there and blow their whistles. I think players would respect a woman's voice and and a woman's authority in our sport, especially, uh, if they can do it in the NFL and they can do it in the NBA, I think it's long overdue in our sport.
1: Spoken like a true girl. Yeah. I have two daughters. (laughs) Right. And I think the fact that we're seeing more women in management, more women, you know, behind the scenes in hockey, it's a great thing for the sport.
0: Yeah. Agreed. Uh, very quickly. And then we'll move on to our, our final subject. We're reaching the conclusion. Are we not? We have Jordan running the board here for us. It's actually a box. We out of sm- batteries yet or are we board? good to go? A little bit. Okay. <laughs> uh, names. Names, just because you have two rays on here, and I want to get into that very quickly. Heike is Germanic? Finnish. It is Finnish. It used to have two Ks. Really? They, they took it out. Why'd you I don't drop why? the one K? I
1: didn't. Somebody three generations ago did, but it was H-E-I-K-K-A, which then it just looks so Oh my Finnish. God, very. Yeah. So
0: No wonder you ask all the Finns all the questions about <laughs> all the Finns hanging out with one another. It's It's kind of a plea for inclusion yeah. from you i'm hoping could to i get come invited. to one of your yeah, exactly. parties
1: are you are you having a watching party sometime
0: honorary finn uh the, the ray thing we've talked about this before. We have.
1: it's
2: my my your ans- family were quitters
0: yeah in it, the ray
2: they did so the, the last name is actually scotch they dropped the mick at some point but my ancestry is primarily irish so i just get into fights are with you my- welsh as well i well i get into fights with myself on a daily basis <laughs> 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 yeah, I'm here all week. Try the field tip your watches. Uh, Irish and Welsh or not? No, I, uh, Irish and Scottish. See, now that's maybe
0: where I ended up with some consonants in mind. Because you know the history, right? It, we, I was an REA at one point too. See, we haven't talked about yours then. No, I don't know the history. So, as the lore goes, when they were differentiating between the clans over there... Mm-hmm in order to differentiate them much as we would i guess in our world now include a middle initial or maybe an address <laughs> you know it's the it's the ray from this street versus the ray from that street they would just add a letter and that's why it's such a random jumble bumble of letters in my name because it was r e a I think it was RE and then it was REA yeah. and then it was REAU and then it was REAUG and then it was REAUGH.
2: See, this is fascinating cuz my first name is spelled BRIEN. Yes. But, but it comes from my ancestry O'Brien, but there's IE, there's the YA, there's the I, there's the whole different variations of my first name that pop into place. So, Right hikes? That's what I say. So both Fins, is, Fins both? have it easy; they don't have to deal
1: with this yeah. stuff. Yeah, See, we've got to he struggle. He too with this. quit on his lettering. He <laughs> <laughs> did. I should be more finished than I am.
0: I can't tell you though, Brian, how many times I wish I didn't have UGH on my name. Really? Yeah. Oh my god!
2: Just because it gets butchered with people? Try. I think we're, nobody. We're, nobody we're, says We're, we're going way. deep down in a, what a do they, surname what rabbit What do ball. they say to you? They I'm say, usually I've been Brian Rhea for 38 years. <laughs> Brian. Brian. <laughs> So apparently the B-R-I-E-N is more confusing than the R-E-A. People figure out the R-E-A. <laughs> but do they but say they Ray figure, most of the time? I, it's, I get Ria, I'll get Ray, but Brian is usually, like if a telemarketer calls, it's usually, um, can I speak to Brian? I'm like, well, no, he's not here.
0: So you and I should both uh, lobby to just go with Salinas, R-A-E. Nobody Probably. Gets that actually
1: wrong. that yeah, that
2: one's pretty easy to
1: figure Change out. Change that one up. Yeah. You know what I like to say I am? American. So am I. I
2: know. You, you're, dual, you're dual, though, aren't you?
0: Yeah. No, oh, he's an American. I'm fresher American. <laughs> I'm fresher American, though, than I am Canadian. It's fresh. Uh, we've lost anybody that was still listening. <laughs> yeah. uh, and we... The, Jordan? Okay, still thumbs up. Okay, dre- dress code. Dress code. And image in 2021. So it seems to be there's been a loosening of the dress code in the general population of the world came in. When did casual Fridays become a thing in the nineties?
2: Probably the nineties. Yeah.
0: Uh, now we have the residue from the pandy where teams were just walking in in shorts and whatever else. Right. Not a big fan, but understand it. The coyotes announced the Arizona Coyotes, they have no dress code this year. Guys can just trot in with whatever they have in their closet, apparently. So Brian, you post your attire on yeah, the Soch. Pretty,
2: pretty obviously what suit selfie boy is gonna think. So about you go this. first. <laughs> you go first, weigh in.
0: Should there be a dress code? Should it be loosened?
2: I I the short answer to your question is yes, I think there should be a dress code. Now, when should it be implemented? I think could be adjusted a bit because guys get on the bus in the minors. They get on the plane as soon as that thing takes off. They're usually changing out of it's their the dumbest thing we yeah, still they're, do. they're they're usually changing out of their their business casual attire into something more comfortable. Do you need to have the dress code for that? I'll you can debatable um, coming. No, to, no, there's no debate. The, it, the answer is no. Yeah. So, but going to the rink for the actual game. I I think it's nice for the league to to have their players walking in full suits. I do enjoy that. But you know, we, in the minors, we would wear track suits to morning skate, and that was much more comfortable. Yes. It was fine. So yeah. I think that's fine. But the way
0: players enter the arena now is different than what it was a long time. Now everybody just pulls in underneath. Yeah. If there isn't a camera, sure, or video, video there. To watch these guys walk down a cement hallway into their dressing room, we'd never know what they wear. Yeah, ever.
1: Yeah, that uh, became a thing. Post game yeah. press conferences too. You see the NFL; a lot of players have showered, and NH- NHL players never yeah, shower. Yeah, they're out. They're out
2: immediately. Conference. Same yeah. with the NBA; yeah. guys are coming out after they're fully dressed. So then yeah, what's
1: the point of being all dressed up? But yeah, where do you? Um, I'm fine with whatever they want to do, players wise. Uh, I think it's, I feel important when I wear a, a coat. <laughs> Especially if it's velvet? Yeah. I oh, you look good, you feel I good, you play good. good. I do, like, press boxes are an interesting place these days. <laughs> Lots of hoodies up there. And so when you dress up, and if the old school media dresses up for a game, I think it makes you feel like you have a okay, real now, job. stop. <laughs> okay. My,
0: there was always a different category for... Uh, media press box, media scribes back in the day with mustard stains on their corduroy jackets. Was that dressing up? Yeah, that was okay. nice. That was All a right. good look. All right. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm not okay with it anymore. I'm. I, I used to think that they should dress up. I understand the filter down, trickle down thing to kids that are expected to wear suits and that when they're playing peewee hockey and that and that shouldn't be uh not at the expense that it is nowadays i will say this i think there's certain nights they should dress up i think a saturday night game it should be mandatory that they wear suits on the weekend during the week you can have theme night you can have fun Mm -hmm. with it they can do whatever they want but i i don't think you should just abolish suit and tie uh, for for the league, I, I I think it should have a feel to it on the weekend because Saturday night has always been a hockey night. They've changed it through the years because of afternoon games and American television and, and what have you. But uh, I don't know. I, I I think a loosening is fine now. I think the players would be happy with it. But where do you? Yeah,
1: that's the thing. The tough thing is when you, you open the it door.
2: But I think back to when they had the Winter Classic and they decided we are going to completely Western garb ourselves yeah. and yeah. live into this gimmick. They looked
0: fantastic. For a coming off the bus. Yeah. For a one-off. <laughs> um,
1: I don't know. You always look spectacular in your clothing, Daryl.
0: Yeah, but people expect that of me, Mike. <laughs> it might be the only time they see me live and I want to leave them with a great impression. And I'm out there. I'm out there. I don't have an inner sanctum dressing room or anything like that. What I don't want to see is I don't, I don't want to see Daryl leak I don't want to see that. I don't want to see some hobo chic look from our players on their way in. Right? What about coaches? Like some of the coaches started wearing three quarter zips or mm-hmm. whatever Which, in behind the bench. It's. I want my coach in a tie. That's the thing.
2: I, it's, Even you're us. The, you're the coach. Even I even love in the NFL. Who was the coach for the 49ers who decided to start wearing a tie on the sidelines in the NFL? I mean, I can't remember his name, but he looked completely out of place. I'm like, this looks great. Yeah, yeah. this guy looks fantastic.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I want my NFL coach in the sh- in the suit too. Yeah.
2: Yes. Well, I've said since
0: maybe 2017, all the way back to, I mm-hmm. would like to see Lulu Lemon come up with a suit.
2: Players yeah. would love that because because
0: they. You're right. They put on their their Italian suit. Yep. They walk across a tarmac. Somebody takes a picture of them, and it gets posted. They go up onto the plane. They get into the back of the plane. Gone. They drop trowel and toss on their Lululemon and and their uh, compression, sit there, and then just before landing, they all get up, throw their suit on to walk 14 feet onto a bus to go to the hotel to watch... Walk eighteen feet into the hotel, up an in elevator into the room to change once again. They ju- they just change all the time. And
1: then their four thousand dollar suit gets a Sharpie mark on it from the autograph hounds.
0: Well, we don't even see those anymore. I know where you're going with that though.
1: <laughs> uh, as far as broadcast, and then
0: we're out of here. Broadcast tie, no tie shirts and skins the
2: actual broadcasters yeah i i i still like the idea of us wearing full suit and tie on air
0: i think it looks awful when guys don't wear a tie yeah and and they're they're trying to look a little bit more casual business casual and it just it
2: it looks unfinished if you're wearing the jacket wear the tie they look like
0: to me they look like they forgot their tie yeah and it was like you don't have a tie well then i'll take mine off too and we'll just do it this way it looks horrible what about the sneakers with the suit as long as they're high-grade sneakers. Right. You can't get away with just tossing Running on some Nikes whatever, with yeah. your suit. You can't do that. To me, you got you to gotta go triple stitch. Wear the high-grade with it. All right. Match it up a little bit. It gets H- overdone. Ho- it gets Hocus overdone. Shoes. The runner thing gets overdone. Yeah, True? It
2: completely. I, see, I'm, I'm old school. Dress shoes. If I'm putting on a suit, I'm wearing dress shoes.
0: Same thing. And then your, your pants have to be tight at the bottom in order to wear sneakers because if you wear... a a more flared trouser, it looks horrific. It, it's awful. Because the brake is in the wrong spot.
2: Yeah. Or just get lucky that you're doing your broadcast behind a desk, dress from the neck or from the waist up, down. We're going down a rabbit down. hole.
0: <laughs> We're down a rabbit hole. Okay. So we've covered a lot of uh, subjects here in, in episode one of the Podman Rush. I hope people have enjoyed it. I hope you've enjoyed it, Mike, having another voice involved in this rather than me just picking on you.
1: Uh- Brian and I do uh, sometimes Stars Extra. And so he usually asks questions and I'm supposed to answer them. And I'll turn back to him and I'll go, well, what do you think about this?
2: <laughs> so I actually like Brian Ray's it opinions. Was, it, was, it was Stars Insider, not Stars <laughs> oh, sorry, Extra. but Whatever it was know, called. We'll forgive you. <laughs> I get the jargon correct. Still preseason this. for you too, apparently. It is.
0: Thanks to Brandon. Thanks to Jordan for producing this. How do you think it went? Oh, nothing but thumbs up. I've right had four of those during the show. He's very vocal. Strength and honor to everyone out there. Uh, Thanks for being on the other side of this. Uh, Back next week with New Meat. Thanks to both of you. Thanks, Razor. Let's have a great season. Let's go. All right, hut, hut.